road to Sri Lanka with something sweet as Willy Wonka. She a 10, I'm a monster, wanna get it in, I'm the sponsor. sponsor. Hi, Bob. Ronica. Today we're going to talk about Civil War. Always fun times here, I know. You may be wondering why should I listen to a random Sri Lankan about Civil War. Well, I lived through over 25 years of Civil War, so I have that experience, which honestly I just want it to be over. But now perhaps it can be of some use to you. Now, I think Americans are really think, you know, you thought that you're not going through a collapse. You thought that it wasn't a coup. And you think that like a civil war isn't coming. But my message to you is that it's already begun. Watching your sort of conflict start has made me look back on our conflict in a different way. And in hindsight, I guess a lot of the signs were there. So what I'm going to talk about here is not why a civil war starts. I think that's always different, that's always complicated. In Sri Lanka, there's no agreed upon meaning. I'm gonna talk about how. And by how, I mean what takes something from being you know, just a conflict to violence? What sort of triggers that? What are the signs? And why do I see them all in America? So one thing about the general sort of theory of this, it really isn't that complicated. Uh, we used to have a dog named Mercutio, lovely dog, but straight up homicidal to other dogs. So if he saw another dog, his hackles would go up, he would growl, and then he would bite. So it's like that with dogs, it's like that with children, it's like that with humans. I can tell with our children, if they're playing together, then if they stop sh taking turns, if they stop sharing, then they'll fight. And I don't think nations are that different. When people stop talking, it's only a matter of time before they fight. And in a democracy, when you stop taking turns, when you stop observing the results of elections, it's only a matter of time before that turns into violence. Because I think people need to understand what elections are. Elections are the sort of ritual fight that we go through so that we don't have to really fight. Instead of you know, having people form mobs and fight each other, we have rallies and we just do that on TV. We do it through advertising. We play this game and then we accept the results until the next time we play. And it's that sort of turn taking that makes society possible especially within a democracy. And when one side stops taking turns, it's the same as with children. Like when they stop taking turns, they fight. Except of course the consequences are far more dire at the national level. So my basic point here, which I'll keep repeating, is that the point of the civil war happens is when people check out of democracy. When they check out of democracy, you are automatically checking into violence. And it's like the Hotel California. America is already checked in. So let me take you through the Sri Lankan example so you have an example. So in Sri Lanka, we had universal franchise in 1931, before independence even. And democracy is a weird thing because you suddenly end up cohabiting with a bunch of people that maybe you don't like. And then race is, I think, sort of the crystal myth of democracy. If you're a politician, you can get high on it very fast. But then, you know, you wake up in a gutter with no teeth about 50 years later. And that's kind of what happened to Sri Lanka as well. So we had this uneasy democracy. And I won't go into it in too much detail, but there was colonial tension. The British loved to divide and conquer. So there were more government jobs and opportunities given to English-speaking Tamil people at the time. And when the Sinhalese people came in, they went hard the other way. And for about 50 years, people tried to work this out democratically. There were a lot of talking, a lot of politicians, a lot of agreements, a lot of agreements broken. And Look, God knows that the Tamil people tried. They tried peaceful protest, and we sort of beat them on the golf face green. They tried a lot of things. There were recurring pogroms, ethnic violence. And then at some point, Tamil nationalists checked out of the democratic process. And that actually took a while, 
But now looking at it in hindsight, and especially given your context, I can see that's how our civil war started. So just like America has the Proud Boys now, in the north of Sri Lanka, they had the boys. So the boys were essentially young Tamil guys who, you know, it wasn't easy getting a weapon back then. You'd have to smuggle some rusty pistol on a boat from India, and then you'd have to share that among like five people, only like none of whom had used it before. And that was our boys. Whereas your guys have like, you know, semi-autos and trucks. Now, one of these boys was Velupalai Prabhakran, who actually I think you should study. He's really understudied. But when he was 21, you know, this is sort of a metaphor for what happened to our democracy. So there was a mayor of Jaffna, Alfred Dureyappa, who was a Tamil mayor. And he was participating in the democratic process, you know, for better or worse. And then Prabhakaran said, you know, fuck this process. And he ran up on him outside of a Coville and shot him in the head. And this won Prabhakaran a lot of supporters. People were like, oh, the boys, they're like out there, they're doing something. They took action. And this was in 1975. So the Sri Lankan war doesn't officially start until 1983. So this is even before all that. But in hindsight, you could just see that this act of checking out of democracy was when we checked into violence. It's when we checked into war. So my message to America is you've already checked in. Le jeu sans fait, like the die is cast. This has been building for a long time, right? There's a lot of violence you guys don't count, like running over people with cars at rallies. Kyle Rittenhouse just shooting people in the streets of Wisconsin. Those things don't count for some reason. But I think the violence in your capital was undeniable. People were killed there. I think around five people, the body count is now. You know, a policeman was beat to death with a fire extinguisher. These guys smeared shit on the walls. Like they literally defiled the center of your democracy. Like you Americans think you're so different from Sri Lanka because we're a shithole, but you're the ones with shit on the walls. So we had our boys, you have your proud boys, which is honestly similar thing, just worse. Our guys had to struggle to find bullets, whereas your guys can just walk into a Walmart and load up their Ford F-150. Prabhakaran had to struggle to collect small donations from corner shops across the diaspora. Your guys are funded by billionaires and they have major political backing and they have major media backing. And of course they have the, just the willful blindness of you know just white people where someone can blow up a city block in Nashville and you're just like, oh, maybe he needed a cookie. Then of course you have the problem, which I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do about. Whereas, so to fight Tamil nationalist, for our security forces, it was relatively easy in the sense that they could just racially profile everyone and treat all Tamils pretty badly. So you could just look at someone's ID. Whereas your terrorists have pretty deeply infiltrated your security forces. Like Biden can't trust his secret service. You can't trust your national guard. Like at the Capitol, it seems like they let them in. And in general, you can just see how they deal with like white terrorists compared to like a black person with a toy gun. And you know, it's not the same. So you guys have this deep problem where your security forces are quite honestly more likely to turn on you than protect you. And by you, I mean the democracy. Maybe they'll never turn on whiteness. And then of course, I'll just add that like, when our war started, we had high unemployment. There's a lot of young people who didn't really know what to do with themselves. They were quite distrusting of the system. And so instead of starting startups, they launched insurrections. And you guys are entering a time of like pretty fucking intense turmoil. There's high unemployment. I don't mean to say that like your white terrorists are poor or disenfranchised. They're actually rich. Like an AR-15 costs as much as a Gucci bag. These are just entitled douchebags, to be honest. But you, do, you are in this just like climate of unemployment, which is ripe for unrest. This happens all over the world. And again, Americans are not exceptional. It's not just America has all the signs. 
You also have all the actions. So the attack on the Capitol is a pretty frontal attack. I think that may have been one of the targets of 9-11, that the plane that didn't hit, that may have been going for the White House or Congress. And then Yalqaeda just walks in. But you know, that's a, that's a hit. That, that's a symbolic hit, and they killed, and that's a heavy hit, and that's a big terrorist recruitment tool as well. So it's not that war is coming to America. As I'll go into, you know, your enemy's already calling it a civil war. So denying it actually doesn't help. I mean, who needs the element of surprise when you refuse to be surprised? America's been dripping wet with gasoline for years, and Trump has been taking a blowtorch to it, and Facebook and Fox News have been selling it to you as creme brulee. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think you could just hit control Z on Joe Biden and have it go back to the Obama era? It doesn't work like that. These are longer historical forces. They take longer to turn out. And everything you're doing now is important. I'm not saying like, if you're in America, like don't lose hope. You have to do this organizing. But you're not gonna see the fruits for years. And the fruits of violence are already baked in. And these guys have been getting ready, man. They're not called preppers for nothing. Like there's this entire culture of like literature and like guns and grievance that is across white America. Like, they, this is like a majority that really thinks a minority because they might be like slightly inconvenienced by sharing their democracy with black and brown people. And again, the central point I'll keep returning to is that these people have checked out of your democracy. That's what's so odious about Trump rejecting the election results. It's not like, oh, one man's ego. It's like, no, when you stop taking turns, then the fighting comes. And if you have children, I think you know this. Or if you have a dog, if the dog growls and it's gonna bite. So all you people out there talking about violence, all the people out there committing violence, believe them. See what's in front of you. And I say use the words like civil war because hell, if we had taken it more seriously, maybe so many people wouldn't have died. I think you also have a more recent experience from your own history, or not even history, from your own reality, which can help you process this, which is when COVID came, like denying that it existed, saying it was just the flu, saying don't panic, did that help? Like you should learn something from that COVID experience and about taking things seriously when you're warned. Like did COVID go away when Trump said we're gonna slow down the testing or did it just keep replicating? Do you think terrorists go away when you block them on Twitter? Up until now, they've been inside the tent pissing out. Now they're outside the tent pissing in. They're gonna keep organizing. That's like what terrorists do. And the fact is they're already organized. They're organized enough to walk into your capital while you guys are so disorganized that you can't even agree on words. This is how a civil war starts. The only question is when it becomes far too obvious to deny. So people ask me when, and like, I'm not a prophet, man. Like my only superpower is seeing through American exceptionalism and comparing you to other places in the world, which I think is a worthwhile endeavor and it's not a superpower, anybody can do that. So let's take Sri Lanka. You can talk to anybody else with different experiences. So that assassination I spoke about was in 1975. And we don't officially date our civil war starting until 1983 when shit really hit the fan. And from that point, you know, it was mayhem for 26 years, very regular suicide bombing, very regular violence, and then very regular army attacks on people in the north. India came in, huge fucking mess. My whole life from zero to when I was like an adult. And quite frankly, this is just what America is in for. Like this is how violence works. Like these guys have been prepping for years and they're fucking crazy and they're in a religious fervor and the blood is boiling. And this stuff isn't going to slow down. Trump has lit the fire. Pence got on and said he's, you know, this is the only American administration not to start a war, but they kind of started a civil war on the way out. You know, at this point, you don't even have to take my word for it or, you know, compare it to any other country if you really don't want to. Just listen to what your enemies are saying and believe them. So this is someone talking on MeWe, which is a social network I hadn't heard of, but they're talking about this shit. 
Can I be honest? The day I have to put a human life in my scope is going to be a scary day. I'm not looking forward to it. A user named Jester Alexander wrote in the group's chat room. I'm not looking forward to it either, replied another person with the username Derek Howell, but I'm at peace with it, and it's time. A third member calling themselves Carrie Brownwell wrote, I was able to put down our family dog. If I was able to pull the trigger on something I love, I imagine doing it to someone I hate or is threatening my life would be a lot easier. Look, Oprah and Maya Angelou had a conversation where they said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. So you don't have to believe me, just believe these people. We're going to fight in a civil war on January 20th. I don't know how much clearer you can get. Form militias now and acquire targets. On January 20th, we need to start systematically assassinating liberal leaders, liberal activists, BLM leaders and supporters, members of the NBA, NFL, MLB, mainstream media anchors and correspondents, and Antifa. I already have a newsworthy event planned. So one thing about this is, look, the Irish Republican Army said, we only have to be lucky once. You have to be lucky every time. So yeah, you could say, oh, this guy's joking, and that guy's joking, and this guy's joking, and that guy's joking, oh shit. And then there's like hundreds of these, and just one of them has to do it. And you know, that's just going to happen. Fry him up the whole fucking crew. Hashtag Pelosi, hashtag AOC, hashtag the squad. Now see, these people also came within seconds of reaching these people with zip ties on January 6th. And you know, that was a very serious attempt and it could have gone very seriously wrong. And you guys got saved by the skinnier nuts and you're thinking that you're fine. And you're not. Like it's a deep problem. Like of that attack on your capital, a good 20% of Americans, according to Yuga polls, support that. A shocking 45% of Republicans. Like these people have political cover. They have cover within the police forces, within the security forces. They're heavily armed. Like your level of armament is crazy. Like our guys did whatever the fuck they could with like a few bullets and like knives and shit. Like your white terrorists are better armed than our military was at the beginning of the conflict. So welcome to the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, as a lot of Americans have mentally done, but you can never leave. And what I mean by that is in Sri Lanka, like once that cycle of violence started, it took an entire generation to come out. Like people literally, that generation literally had to die. Many of them had to die before the blood came out. And even now we sort of have, I wouldn't say that we have peace, we have the absence of war. And for all I know, we could be entering another cycle of violence. But all I'm trying to tell you is this is precisely how civil war starts. And it's already started in America. You're entering a cycle of violence because people have stopped taking turns. And when people stop taking turns, it's only a matter of time before they fight. This is more than you can ask for. Filling pages in your passport. Who would you really rather ride for? Who would you really rather die for? Die for, die for. I'm on the road to Sri Lanka. I'm on the road to Sri Lanka. I'm on the road to Sri Lanka.